This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. I'm riding on my bike. I'm going round the block. No, I can't cross the road. I'm not allowed to do that. I'm so happy here, cuz I'm just riding on my bike. I'm going round the block. Good morning and welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group radio program on Community Radio 3CR. It's Monday the 14th of October. It's bike season as you probably gathered. Uh, This week is uh, Ride to Work Day on Wednesday. Every day should be Ride to Work Day wherever possible. I should do my acknowledgement to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the last hour of current affairs. Uh, Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio, well, a little show about riding and cycling and related transport matters coming to you from the studios of 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne, Australia. And at the end of that, I should say, my name's Chris. On today's show, I'm going to be talking to Liz Canning. Liz Canning is the producer, filmmaker of Motherload, a crowdsourced movie about the power of cargo bikes. Now, this was a film that was made over eight years with over a hundred contributions from around the world, and it's just awe-inspiring. With this interview, Liz touches upon you know how she came into uh, the cargo bike um, world, and can we touch a little bit upon the movie? The movie itself you can see by uh, going to the website and having a look at some of the community screening options. I'll talk about a little bit about that later. About news and events, well, uh, this or last week, uh, City of Melbourne finally caught up with, uh, I think, Yarra, with um, having 30k per limit uh, stuff around the area. Now, it's also part of uh, their transport vision. Transport Vision 2030, which will provide $870 million boost to Victoria as key priorities delivered over the next decade and all that sort of bureaucratic stuff. But what's really interesting in the uh, fourth paragraph of a media release is from uh, a statement from Lord Mayor Sally Cap: We are seeking the right balance between all modes of transport. We need all modes to work together for a livable city, from building separated bike lanes for those riding, widening footpaths for pedestrians, introducing on-street parking bays for our motorcycles, and creating speed consistency for our motorists, the Lord Mayor said. Interesting hierarchy of road users in that paragraph. I quite enjoyed that. Okay, and uh, just the last part of that uh, quote is, we want to encourage everyone to come to Melbourne as a destination, whether it is by train, tram, car, bike or foot. Okay, so PT there has a priority over cars in that sentence, but um, you know, at least the bicycle's got mentioned. So yeah, that's an interesting thing. You should go to um, melbourne.vic.gov.au and have a look at the media releases. Uh, the commercial media, in their wisdom, usually put their slant on it on about uh, speed limits, 
you can read those at your will. But it's just good to see that we're actually starting to see our cities as people spaces and which they necessarily should be, but uh, with a changing, repeat, changing hierarchy of needs. Because uh, if anything, you know, if you know you're coming into October bike season, uh, you kind of, for those of you who are getting on the bike after winter and you're just having an unpleasant reminder of just how car dominated this city is. Okay, up next, I might as well get straight into the interview I did with Liz Canning. I'm just incredulous at uh, the work that went into making Motherload. Um, many of us have been watching um, Liz and her contributors uh, work online for several years. And it's just great to know that the movie is finally available. And again, as I said, I'll talk a little bit about that after the break. Looking to connect with your local community and do something rewarding? Well, volunteering to lead a neighbourly ride could be exactly what you're after. The short 40-minute group rides are for all ages and ride levels. Help people build their confidence, feel supported while safely exploring the local areas of Brunswick, Carlton, Fitzroy and Northcote by bike. Volunteers receive free ride leader training, so go to neighbourlyride.com to contact us about volunteering. A 3CR supporter. Welcome to the cargo bike movement. Over the next few years, these pioneers will become my community, my collaborators, my heroes. There's just something about being on a bike. But powering like my entire family along. I don't know what, to the grocery store. It's like nothing amazing is happening. I just got groceries with my bike. You know, we just went and got ice cream on our bicycle. The mundane became extraordinary. My name is Liz Canning. I'm the director of Motherload. I've come across your film as something that has many themes, but it includes, I think, a big theme of reconnecting. Yes, indeed. And uh, how did you actually come to this story of like you know, reconnecting as a mum to your kids and transport and... Whole, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole story of how you've made this movie, but the story of reconnection. Well, let's see. Hey, Stormy, I'm on the phone. <laughs> Children, go, go, go. As a teenager, I really tried to sort of deny my physicality, my body, because that helped me to distance myself from my feelings, which were painful. And so making my way back from that, I think, really emphasized for me how important it is for us to listen to our bodies and stay connected to the natural world. And so this was just something that I like learned in my life experience, and I kind of thought everybody else was a little bit crazy because I I thought they must be very disconnected from their bodies, but I just felt like a, a, a weird person. And so it's been very satisfying to make this film that kind of states that actually we are genetically hardwired to need this connection. It's been very affirming that people are, are really identifying with this story. Part of your story was feeling completely disconnected from the process of, you know, like you've had children, and then all the things you do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the transportation. Uh, like, I think we have a very similar sort of story here in Australia as well. 
but it's it's disconcerting. You have a kid and you have to get a car and you have to do all these things. Your kids are, are crying out for you to just slow down and, and let your world be smaller and uh, more immediate, and yet our whole life just moves so quickly. It's not very conducive to a really nice child-parent bonding or, or children really getting to explore their world. And I, I found the cargo bike to be just magical in terms of allowing the most mundane things, just getting from one place to another, become adventures and like these sensory experiences, like going through your community, meeting people and feeling the weather and the sun and the wind. And it really transformed parenting. And I'm finding that this is true for, for people who give it a try. It makes a huge difference in their lives. So what was the entry point? What was the, the gateway experience? Or did you kind of come to it via different bits and pieces and then you see the whole picture? It was, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing of how you came into, I've got this car and it's isolating me from my kids. How did a cargo bike come into your vision? Well, I kind of came to it differently from most I was a hardcore cyclist. I, I rode my bike hundreds of miles every week. I kind of needed this for my brain to slow down and to be happy. And then when we had kids and we lived on this big hill, I tried just getting everyone to bicycle on a trailer and it didn't work at a certain point. It was too steep. It just it wasn't really enjoyable. And then I, I, I Googled something like, you know, carry kids on bike or something and I discovered people all over the world doing this, and not only just doing it, but, like, celebrating it online. Like, people were blogging and posting videos and chatting and really um, evangelizing about this way of life. And, and so, I mean, I was in. Like, from the moment I saw that, we got a bike very quickly. And then when we got the electric motor, then I began to think, yeah, this is not just for kooky bike lovers. Like, this could be for everybody. That's an interesting point because, as you're probably aware of, there's a lot of conjecture around e-bikes and are they really bicycles and a lot of <laughs> complex things there. I mean, I say from someone who's getting a little older, I'm kind of envious of e-bikes because things like arthritis kick in. There's a whole scale of things that start becoming more probable instead of improbable. One of the big arguments you hear about, I haven't got time to ride a bike with my kids. How did you overcome this great mythical thing of you can't do this stigma around electric bikes oh the whole thing i mean we've got, we've, we'll just put that aside a moment for the e-bikes but yeah. actually being a cargo bike mum see i think for me as opposed to like your average mom who's always driven for me it was more like how am i going to drive like i hated driving i hated the whole idea of driving being able to go places and i were i was working from home at the time that does make things a lot easier for me it was like how am I going to give up having my body <laughs> so getting on the bike was a no-brainer except for the fact that I had all this weight that I had to get up a hill and, and going from a trailer to a cargo bike helped a lot but then getting the motor on the bike all of a sudden there was no reason not to go everywhere on a bike how does it fit in with like you know um, school duties pick up shopping um, the schooling, you know, one thing you have to do as a mum, it fitted? Oh, yeah. I mean, around here in Marin, there's a fair amount of traffic, and there's sometimes, you know, rush hours, you can get places faster on the bike, especially, well, especially if you have a motor. But also, we just, 
explore. We just take off and go on rides and I would let the kids like direct me like where do we go now where do we you know it was sort of like we used to talk about the movie Chitty Chitty Bang Bang I don't know if you remember they would like the kids would converse with this car this magical car and and the car knew where to go and what to do and how to save them from danger (laughs) what the bike was like for us Kevin Hines Grow delivers gardening and nature-based programs to people of all ages and all abilities. Our programs provide great opportunities for positive personal development and well-being. The Kevin Hines Grow 40th Anniversary Spring Festival will be held on Saturday the 19th of October, 9am to 3pm at 39 Weatherby Road, Doncaster. Come along and stock up on a huge variety of tomatoes and vegetable seedlings, fruit trees, perennials and more at our community nursery. 3CR supporter. One hundred years before the bicycle saved me from myself, it liberated the poor, empowered the suffragettes, and transformed society faster than any invention in human history. It could happen again. Okay, so we're coming along on the journey. And you started finding out that, again, there was a lot of other parents out there having similar ideas and the, the, the reconnection and the transportation uh, solution was already there for them. We're, we're kind of fast-forwarding a bit, but how did you come to making a crowdsource film? Well, since I had twins and I'd been an editor for a long time and I think I was really creatively frustrated, really wanting to make my own film, but I knew my time was limited. I found it fascinating that this experience was so powerful that people felt so compelled to share it. And I was right in thinking that, you know, if I asked people to share it with me, they could help me make a film. Mm. And it was pretty amazing how the lengths that people went to, to help me out and push the project forward. It was still a huge struggle to, to translate all of that into a narrative that made sense, but I certainly couldn't have done it without all the contributors. And then you have the production side of it, of like file transfers, codecs. It must have been pretty interesting doing all the production stuff on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't, I didn't stress too much about the fact that there's so many different formats in the film and, and, and not all of them are pretty um, conventionally speaking. It definitely has a patchworky feeling about it, but I think that's part of the beauty of it. You know, it's sort of the voice of the movement and a lot of people shooting with whatever they had, you know. Yeah, it's more authentic. Yeah, so, I think so. Without giving away too much about the Motherlode movie, what's kind of like the narrative structure of it? Is people rediscovering or you found other aspects to what the stories that people um, had to tell? I think I, I knew that this story of the cargo bike could not necessarily maintain an audience um, interest for 90 minutes unless I went really deep. I try to really understand, like, why this experience is so powerful right now in this day and age. Looked at, you know, the influence of technology and the pace of our lives and our hunter-gathering DNA that we readily deny. You know, we, we are essentially, we have the same DNA as the people who survived uh, fundamentally by being in tune with nature. 
And we've become, well, at this point in time, there's so many pat, oh, so many um, aspects of this. That point you just brought up, we could go off in tangential things. We've, we've lost connection and people want reconnection. And one of the massive ones is transport. You've found a way as a parent to reconnect. And you've also found that um, other parents across the world are feeling similar. And it is a very big solution that is staring us in the face, which is cargo bikes, utility bikes. The technology is there for people to do this without you know, like huge amounts of you know, carbon, pollution, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people are, um, have some kind of disordered ideas about the safety of bicycles. It's a, it's a subject we really need to, to work hard on. Uh, we could, we could uh, do a few hours on what people perceive as bike safety. Is, uh, again, you can go off on tangents there. But uh, uh, what's, what's some of the funniest things that you've, you've picked up along the way of you know what you're doing, you're learning a, another process of you know, getting around with your kids and people's perception thereof? What's the, what did you say, the word is the fun one? It's all like fun moments of like you're doing this and then someone's going, you can't do that, but you're like, watch me. Sorry, I'll put you on the spot there. But it's we get these, I don't know if you have a similar term, we, haven't, we call them concern trolls, if someone knows better than you but they know nothing about the topic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm kind of getting at because people get put off by someone's criticism. I mean, criticism is an everyday occurrence, but it's overcoming that with a bit of humour. That's what I'm kind of trying to... You know, I live in a fairly bike-friendly place. I have certainly had one woman roll down her window, you know, in traffic and tell me, you know, don't you realize how unsafe that is? Which, of course, is the most ridiculous thing because it depends on her. It depends on her behavior with that giant vehicle. As far as comebacks, I don't know. I've become an expert on that. And luckily, I haven't had kind of really intense negative interactions from that are in the film, in the, in the bike lash scene. Um, I can't hear about it from other parents. People just can't help themselves. I don't you know. And I've, I've come to the conclusion that being on a bike, even if you don't do it every day, you look at it and you can tell that person is having a better time than you are in the car. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Something you just feel it. And I think that those people really don't like necessarily want to see other people that liberated or that empowered as, as we are when we ride a bike. Yeah, there's, there's a funny push-pull thing there with... Uh... You know, I don't know quite understand the American experience because, you know, I haven't been there, but it seems to be you know, the land of freedom. And then you watch some of the subtext coming out from whatever, you know, social movement or politics, and it's like, no. It's very perplexing. It's very perplexing. Yeah, but uh, you found a way to overcome that. Yeah, it's, it, you know, cargo bikes are doing a lot better in Europe, I think, than they are here. But they're they're coming along. Just watch me now. Just watch me. Just watch me. Just watch me now. For 45 years, Friends of the Earth has been mobilising communities to resist the destructive industries like coal, gas, nuclear, and to transform our world into somewhere better. Come celebrate with us as we celebrate 45 years of creative resistance. 25th of October at the Gasometer, doors open at 8pm with a welcome to country at 9pm. The lineup includes Alicia Joy, Hello Tut Tut, Mortisville, Claddy, 
and more. You know it'll be fun because it's Friends of the Earth. See you there. You can get tickets online or at our famous food co-op at 312 Smith Street, Collingwood. Friends of the Earth are a proud supporter of 3CR. So what would you say to someone in a parent who are kind of looking at this option of, of a cargo bike? What would be kind of like some simple pointers you could, you know, give to them? Like see my film or uh, um, something that you, you picked up along the way? I certainly see my film, absolutely. Yes. It's the, the power of trying this, the power of, of putting your children on a bike and just going for a ride is just huge. Yep. And, and, and it doesn't take long for people to become convinced. I and uh, what sort of bike did you go for? Because we were living on this big hill and because I had twins, there was a, if you know what a box seat is, you know, yeah. bike based on the Dutch design. Um, this was a, a box seat that was built in Portland, but it was sort of extra light. It was extra lightweight and the cabin was, was made of uh, canvas, you know, frame and canvas. And it was, it was really, really cool. And I was worried if we got a long term the kids would fight over who was going front and I wouldn't be able to see them. And also having a box bike, the weight is lower and that's really nice for, for the one steep hill that we're on. And we need that bike. Have- yeah, because I think like a box would be better when they're younger and a long tail is when they're old and they can actually kind of um, help you pedal. Yeah, I, I, a box is nice because you can, you can eat and play with toys and, and fall asleep and you don't have to worry. <laughs> So, for a while, for whatever. so in Australia, I've had uh, two screenings. Uh, I think one's coming up, and that's going to be at the Australian Walking and Cycling Conference. And the other one, I think it was last weekend, was at Bike Bendigo. How can people see Motherload? So anybody can host a screening. The, the global community the global community screening tour has really taken off. You just go to our website, which is motherloadmovie.com. Check out the screening packages. They're based on audience size. Email us with your questions. It's been amazing to, to go through the, the crowdfunding and the crowdsourcing process and then have this network in place that's always growing. In this global community screening tour that we're doing, people are really getting creative and taking ownership of these events and um, ma- making their own promotional videos and designing discussion panels and bike canvassing to promote the event, and it's been really thrilling to, to see people do this. Yeah, so you had the world premiere back in May this year. You've been doing TV um, coverage as well. So you have like a community screening package for, you know, and people can take it up from there. They can go to motherloadmovie.com. Yeah, and it's load spelled L-O-A-D. Remember that, people? Exactly. What's, what's some of the lucky, really fun things that you've done since the, the movie's had its launch? Honestly, I've been working really, really hard. It, the momentum has been building, and it's a lot. Of, it is a lot of work. I mean, a lot, a lot of emailing. I think that my husband and I are going to the Barcelona International Environmental Film Festival, um, and they're putting us up there, which will be amazing. And the film's in competition there, and mm-hmm. we're going to the Napa Valley Film Festival, where they're also putting us up, and I'll be in the Artists in Residence program there, and I think that will be amazing. And this weekend, uh, there's an outdoor screening in my home, in my hometown of Fairfax, 
And I think that will be really fun. A lot of the film takes place here. Yeah, because my last interview I did about the Australian uh, Walking and Biking, Walking and Cycling Conference, I always get the words around the wrong way, with Jeremy Miller in Adelaide, and he's saying that um, that they had a bit of um, input into it with a really interesting long-tail bike that was built in Adelaide in the late 1980s. So, like, yeah, it's... Yeah. The the, the content comes from everywhere. It was so cool. I mean, I was telling the story of um, Exocycle and and his invention of the long tail extension kit. And he was inspired by Ian Grayson and Bruce Steer and the Adelaide Longboat Group. Jeremy told the story. But I reached out to them. I don't remember how, but it was so amazing. He found a friend who's a great shooter, Marty McNichol, and they went and interviewed Bruce and Ian, who were the most charming, adorable men, and they sent me this beautiful footage. It's one of my favourite scenes in the film. Because we've got an extra cycle. It's an interesting... <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost like it's um, historical now because things have just moved so fast in that bike technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have. So I think um, if you're listening in Melbourne, I think... Uh, and especially, you know, we've got um, listeners all around Australia. We've well, got to get on to getting a screening in your city or in your town or in your suburb of Motherlight. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you. And I, I love uh, how this film has an audience in Australia. It's very exciting. Just watch me. It's showtime. Just watch me now. Don't you turn that down. Just watch me. And thank you to Liz Kenny for making the time for that interview uh, from her home in Fairfax, California. And I'm also say thank you to the other Liz who helped line this interview up. Thank you both Liz's for your patience. Now, quick, quick, quick news and events. This week is Ride to Work Day. So in Yarra, we've got two Ride to Work breakfasts. One is at the Abbotsford Convent, and that's from 7.30 a.m. to 9.00 a.m. Did I say 7.30am? Good. Uh, to uh, 9am, and that's on Wednesday the 16th, and that's on the front lawn, access off St Helier Street. There's going to be a free breakfast, giveaways and prizes, free massages and free bike engraving. And there's going to be another ride-to-work breakfast that I picked up at Smith Reserve, which you would know it's on Alexandra Parade. It's uh, same time, 7.30am to 9am on Wednesday. Uh, no need to RSPV, just rock up on the day. Uh, there's also City of Yarra. There is a Bennett Street Priority Crossing consultation out at the moment. Go to your say Yarra. That's all one word. dot com. dot au forward slash Bennett Street. And if I go really really quick and say that uh, Moreland is also proposing to upgrade the upfield shared path at Railway Place in Brunswick to improve safety for pedestrian and cyclists, and would like your feedback. And that's at Moreland vic.gov.au forward slash railway place and uh, that will be open until Monday the 11th of November. Okay, so thank you so much for today. Thank you to the Lizards. Our podcast, I said, should be up later today at 3cr.org.au forward slash Yarrabug. Don't forget to show your support to 3CR. Online, you can just uh, go to uh, the online subscription or you can come in and visit the station. Okay, so up next is Shebop followed by Black Block.
bicycle and ride Neath the sunny skies over along the ocean side 3CR would like to thank our Yarrabug program sponsor Vacro Second Chance Cycles for their financial support Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics and sells bikes to the local community. To find out more, Google Vacro or drop in to the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Thursday or Friday. Yeah, get on that bicycle and ride Neath the sunny skies or along the ocean side You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.